Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Crack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Crack Podcast. You're on with your host, Mauricio Mookie Wilson. And I'm so proud to be with my two brothers, my co-hosts, my partners in crime. Let's get a big round of applause for Mr. Media, a.k.a. Demarcus Beasley. What up, fellas? You don't, you don't see him again today. Man, my eye, you see my eyes a little red. I'm, I'm a little tired. I ain't gonna lie. Okay. Tired, Ladies and gentlemen, coming all the way from the DMV with the Jerry Curl in his hair and the glasses on his nose. It's getting a big round of applause for the professor, the scholar, aka Glow, always known as a, the Gooch or Gucci on Radio. Right, can we cut it? Can we cut this man right now? I mean, yeah, yeah but you do have a Jerry Curl though. Y'all mad because you can't grow this right now? Or what? What's the word? What's the problem? What's the problem? Yeah. Why do we always start the show off with everybody cracking on everybody? Can we just I don't crack like can we just start the intro the and just have a, a peaceful a peaceful beginning? It doesn't that, sound like that. us, Beast. Doesn't sound like us, man. <laughs> yeah, like this it is We're so happy to be back. I'm so glad to be here in the crack. Um, another episode. Um, it's actually gonna be our last episode of the season. Let's get a round of applause for that. Again, the crack was something that was organic that uh, we always spoke about, and um, it was just the right time. And uh, we, I think uh, I enjoyed the first season. How about you guys? Yeah, y'all got me out of my comfort zone, goddamn. So you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, ain't never, I ain't never talked this much in my, in my damn life. <laughs> not in public. Not yeah, damn sure, not, not in public. public. Not in public. No, it's, yeah, it's been great. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, the, especially the guests. The guests we've had on the show, um, those have been amazing. The, the conversations we've had, the um, just hearing every, every different, you know, um, uh, their points of views on different issues that we brought up throughout the uh, throughout this this, uh, this season. Yeah, it's been great, man, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it, man. Shoot, like I said from the beginning, this is just like when we're on the phone, so yeah. we get to kind of give people an inside look at us clowning each other. Uh, uh, albeit uh, we only clown each other maybe like five minutes on the phone to probably be like 45 minutes. 45 so. minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the arguing, but we always have, we always have things to say. We always respect each other's opinion and I'm um, hopefully you audience as well. Enjoying yourself. And uh, you can give us feedback because we want to argue with you too. I'm from New York city. I, I, I have no <laughs> problem having an argument. No one's disrespectful. Right. Um, but, but um, a lot of things have been going on. Obviously all the, uh, the leagues are back to playing. Um, People are still getting uh, positive tests of Corona. And one of the people is one of the superstars is uh, Neymar. And uh, unfortunately, it looked like everybody went to hang out with Ibiza and nobody called us. Thank God. <laughs> right? but, uh, but Neymar was recently found with coronavirus and somehow he was repaid by a new deal, um, leaving Nike, which was his flagship, the Jordan brand, Neymar, and went over to Puma. So let's get a round of applause for getting the big money. Neymar got a big, big dollars going over the well, I, I want to know what that big money is because I know what he was leaving. What was he leaving? I think it was like worth 100 mil the last two years Damn. of his contract. Definitely. Something stupid. 100 million? That's just on shoes, yo. That's just a, that's just a damn... That's uh, just a, a, soccer, a uh, fo- yeah. yeah, football brand. Goodness gracious. 100 million? I mean, that was close to like yours when you were with Nike, <laughs> right? Something like that. $100? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's about what Nike gave me. <laughs> they cut me. They was like, all right, man, this is time to go. <laughs> but, but we see in Puma is taking a different um, place in the market. Have they really been aggressive? And I remember Puma a couple years ago, maybe five, six years ago, when they came back out in the soccer world, um, they came out with vengeance, but they were very tentative. Now it's like they're going full-blown, you know? Yo, I, I love I love Puma. I wore Puma my last year, um, in uh, in my last year at the C, in my last year at MLS. Yeah, and, man, I love the shoe. 
the shoe that there was the most comfortable shoe I've yeah. ever worn in football. Definitely. I agree. Since I started. Do you remember what shoe that was? The, what, the, what I wore? Yeah, what type of Pumas? Puma Kings. Oh, come King. on, bees, bees. Come yeah. on, Puma Kings. And, I, and then, you know, in case you joke, in case you joke, though, so I, you know, I had a couple of contacts with uh, the, the cook man, Chris Maxwell. He set me up with the guy from Puma. Yeah. And um, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get paid. All they did was I, I took out the money part. I was like, yo, I just want to wear y'all boot. You know what I'm just, saying? I went, I went to them. It's like, yo, I want to wear y'all shoe. Who were you playing with at that time? Uh, Houston. Oh, you mean after? I mean, my last, oh, yeah, my last gotcha, season. Gotcha, I'm talking gotcha, about literally yeah, my last yeah, season. Yeah. I wore Pumas. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. The, I wish I would have wore Pumas the, my whole career. Yeah, so, I mean, I the, Puma, the Puma Kings, which, which goes way back, is a historic shoe. was always the most comfortable leather and the best feeling. I mean, sold. obviously, I'm a supporter right here. Obviously, they got Onyx. On 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 hey, my soccer is sponsored by Puma too. So. There you go. And and the yeah. crazy what, thing what is, what's sponsored like, by Puma? My my soccer school. Let's shout it out. The national um, Beasley National Beasley. Soccer School. No Beasley Nat. Get it right. Beasley National Soccer School. There we so go. It's not Demarcus Beasley. No, no it's, it's not. Beasley okay. National Beasley, Soccer. School. Family, my brother. My hey, father, tell him put some mom, respect on your name. Yeah, all of us. Huh? Put some respect on his name. <laughs> nah, but like at this on, on the family, goddamn. Bro, at this time, like all shoe companies, all apparel companies, they're really. There's no shoe company that's like not comfortable, right? Because they're all pretty much taking the same style from each other, the color scheme and everything like that. But, you know, Puma's made a huge push. I mean, they got Milan, they got Man City, they got Valencia, they got Dortmund, you know, they got all these big teams and now they're acquiring these big players as well. Um, and it, like they're giving, they're giving Nike and Adidas a, a run Yo, for okay. money. I'm telling you, I didn't, I didn't want no money. You know, <laughs> y'all not hearing me. I just wanted to wear the shoe. You know what I'm saying? When they sent me some pair, when they sent me uh, some Pumas to try out, no, I just wanted to wear the shoe. I was like, yo, don't pay me. No, I'm good. Just give me the shoe. <laughs> I'm good to go, yo. Yo, but what do you think? Is this, is this the decline of Nike? Because that's a huge name to leave their and, brand and, two and, years and, early. Yes, yeah. and not only in soccer, but also in basketball as well, right? Puma just signed uh, the metal ball. Right, who's who should be, um, if not number one draft pick, number two, number three draft pick at NBA draft. They have uh, Kyle Kuzman. I mean, they have Michael Porter Jr., Marcus Smart, R.J. Barrett. I mean, they really, really have been going after the top young players. So they're not just going after the soccer situation. I mean, they also have obviously Rihanna, and they have the music with Jay Z and Rock, and Rock Nation. So they are really coming to take over this world, right? Yeah. And, I'm not minding it. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't even forget your countryman, one of the biggest athletes in the whole world of, of sport. They, they've been running track and field for some time now with Usain oh, Bolt, and, um, and they spent a lot of money in Jamaica, the young track and field uh, yeah. players coming up, you know? So, uh, I mean, it's, it's Puma time, you know, and see how Nike's going to react and where does Dita stand with Messi on the decline, you know? Wait, 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 come on. <laughs> Messi did not win La Liga or the Champions League. I get it. He didn't any win. trophy this he year. I, I that's a decline. It could be a small, it could be, that's a decline. At his age, that is a decline. You know, that is a decline, man. But, that's, a, that's a whole nother Yeah, we ain't trying to get into that right now. So, Puma, uh, we, we have a great relationship with you. We're sponsoring Onyx Elite and sponsoring BZ National Soccer School. So, you know, the crack is interesting in you sponsoring as well. So uh, we'll have oh. Neymar up, up on here and we'll discuss it <laughs> and make that, make that Neymar slash the crack brand happen. You know what I mean? Sounds, sounds good? Makes sense? That. I like Makes that. Makes sense, man. But, like but going that. on to another sport I want to talk to you guys about is uh, what's going on in the NFL. They just started um, last week. And unfortunately, for the first game was obviously controversial, which comes like a, a regular thing now in, in, in sports, especially the first game. But uh, I don't know if, uh, Gooch, did you get a chance to see the game? And uh, did you hear what unfortunate incident that happened in the beginning of the game? You know, I'm not a huge uh, watcher of, uh, of National Football League. Uh, one, because they weren't playing. Uh, my Washington football club wasn't playing. But when I saw the reactions, I saw the replays of the reactions of the fans uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs game. And I was disgusted. I mean, quite simply, there's no other way to put it. I was disgusted because mm. over here you have a large population saying they're disrespecting the, 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 the flag by kneeling. Yeah. And over here, you have an instance where nobody's kneeling, but they're just locking arms in solidarity, and you still get booed. So actually, what are you booing for? The, 
the the show of solidarity against uh, an, a a movement or yeah. what, what are you doing? I I, I, I don't get it. I don't yeah, it's get it. It's against you know being united. They don't. They it's it's, it's racism. There was no flag, like you said. There was no flag. There was no national anthem being played, where albeit the, uh, the the national anthem or the black national anthem. Neither national anthem was played. It was yeah. nothing about anything patriotic. You know what I'm saying? It was more so just being a human being. You know, we we want to stop racism in this country. We want equality for everyone in this country, and that's what that's what that's what they're trying to show. You know, black hand, everyone, different colors, different race, whatever. You know, they lock hands and say, we together, we're going to fight this as a group, as a nation. And they still get booed. How does that, how does that shit still happen? Before all that, um, I want to talk about the two different national anthems they're trying to play now, <clears throat> which I think is silly. Obviously, there's some problems with the original national anthem because it was made and was written by somebody and the third verse was very um, offensive um, to African-Americans in the country. When do you guys ever hear what do you guys got a note, an email, letter in the mail about this black national anthem situation? I mean, I heard about it that they're going and they, they said they're going to do it every I know, but when it was this considered who made this said this is considered the black national anthem and that's going to be different than the regular national anthem? I don't know, dog. I don't know. How can we how can we ever be together? And I don't know who's at fault. My saying is the NFL, my saying if somebody the consultant, I'm sure it's a consultant agency that thought it was a great idea. Well, we cannot have a nation that we have, if we have a problem with the original national anthem, then we have to have a different one that we all are singing or unified behind. I think that's, I think that's just, that's just the start of being divisive, being, um, um, divisive. yeah, divisive, right, is, is having two national anthems played before the game. I mean, might as well start a whole playlist. Play some 50. Give me a little Rihanna. You know what I mean? Rest in peace, pop smoke. I mean, you might as well keep it going. Have a DJ out there and just make it run from there. You know? Straight up. I'm I don't agree with that either. I don't know why or who came up with that idea to play both national anthems before the game. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be. They don't play no national anthem. You know? yeah. I think I read somewhere where, um, and it's true, though. They don't, they don't play the national anthem before any any kind of other event, not not so much sporting events, but any yeah. any event. Yeah, if it's a concert. They're not playing national anthem. Not playing national anthem. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? If it's those kind of things, so why even still? If it's if it's an issue, and obviously there's going to be uh, division in the country, then don't play the national anthem. Yeah. I mean, by yeah. definition, if if one now group we got, feels, we got two. if one if one group feels that the 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 original national anthem isolates one group, and then by saying this is the black. National anthem. By definition, that isolates isolate everybody, everybody else. else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I want to get a big round of applause to a former teammate of yours, Carlos Bocanegra, who just recently got um, inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame 2020. Um, Carlos is a national team player who went to UCLA, uh, played for Chicago Fire, uh, Fulham, went to overseas. He played Rennes. He played for um, St. Etienne. He played for the Rangers. Um, Chivas USA played at Racing, Santander. I mean, he played at some really, really incredible clubs and had a great, a great career. Um, do we agree that Carlos is supposed to be inducted to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Hey, big up, Los. Big up, uh, Carlos. Hey, that's my roommate um, in Chicago our first year. Yeah, everybody's everybody. This man's roommate. Yeah, <laughs> he played with enough. He prefaces every he prefaces everything with that. That was my roommate. I'm like, how many yeah, roommates you got? A little bit of history. People want to hear stories, right? Uh, want to hear stories. You know, I mean, I don't have a I don't have an actual story, but I'm just saying. I want to hear a story. Give me a story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Now we were roommates our first year, our rookie season. We both came in in in, in 2000. We uh, we stayed uh, close to the airport, away from the city, and uh, we had a. Um, uh, what do you call them? The, the like the uh, two floor apartment, um, and uh, I he I think he I think he, I can't remember. I think he lived upstairs. I was downstairs, and uh, I mean it was cool. You know what I'm saying? We rode a train together. He would drive one day. I would drive one day. You know what I'm saying? I got to listen to Blink 182. And, hey, and, and Green Day. I still remember them days. Like is that why? Is that why you have the posters up in your house now? We made a pack. We made a pack. Like when you drive, you can't. You you handle the radio. When I yeah. drive, I handle the radio. Handle radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It makes sense. But, I mean, but and to this day, I like Red Hot Chili Peppers now. You know, what I'm saying? yeah. That's one of my 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 favorite groups. 
Hey, Green Day, Green Day's popping too, brother. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So Blink 182 back in the day, they was popping back then. So I was always nah. wondering why you had them bumper stickers on the back of your car. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but big ups to Los. Congratulations. Well deserved. I, I was surprised uh, um, to see only one person um, uh, that got through. Uh, if I'm looking at it right now, uh, Carlos Bocanegra got 68.5% of the votes. Steve Chirondolo got 57.3%. Hope Solo got 57.3%. Um, Shannon Box, big-time player, 52.2%. Jaime Moreno, 50.6%. Frankie Hadick, Beast Boy, got 46.6%. And David Beckham, 45.5%. I mean, just with the first names you said, and, yeah. and on the sorry, on on the women's side, these are World Cup winners, man. Well, yeah, I don't know how I, I don't know how Hope hasn't been. I don't know how Hope hasn't been in there yet. From the right. first time, she should have been in there. And, and even that, but she's only. How can she only be getting fifty? Was it fifty-seven? Yeah, fifty-seven yeah. percent of votes, man. How is that possible? Who's voting? That's the thing. We all and we all we bring we bring we bring this shit up every every year when there's inductees that go into the to the Hall of Fame and I and they're all the guys that all the people um, that's been in the uh, in the Hall of Fame that's got inducted 100 percent they deserve it that, there's no problem with that but not even all the people are voting you know what I'm saying like yeah. you got when it, it, yo when you got when you have uh, Abby Wambach coming she's at the at her at the time when she got inducted in mm-hmm. she was the most she had the most international goals in world football, in man or woman. Amazing. And dog, she got 80% of the votes. How is she not a first-time ballot? Without a 100% doubt. 100%. Without a doubt. Unanimous. She had the okay. most goals in international football history. Yeah, yeah. And she only got 80% of the votes. I'm kind of nervous for you guys, man. <laughs> I mean, but it's a, thing, it's a thing where it's like, do, I mean, do they really care? Because we, we had the same conversation every, after every year. You know, I started to say this before. When, when people get inducted, we always say there's a problem with the system. There's a problem with the voting. There's a problem yeah. with all these things that go in with the Hall of Fame and who gets in. Who, well, more so, who doesn't get in. Who doesn't get in. So why don't, why don't the board, why don't the people at the Hall of Fame actually change it and listen? Because I think they don't care. They don't care. Uh, right now, it's probably, they, like, a, it's probably like an old system that it's like turnkey and they're like, oh, it'll work itself out. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, I listened to um, uh, uh, Julie Fowdy's interview uh, with ESPN the other day. Mm-hmm. And she said she talked to one of the board members, uh, born uh, something like that, and said that they're trying to change. They're going to, uh, within the next 12 to 18 months, they're trying to change uh, the voting system and how it, uh, the system works, basically. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and, it's, and they should. Because if you want people to take this seriously, then you're going to have, I mean, the last, what, the last, what, year or two, only 30% of people voted. 30. Mm. That's so that 30, that 30% so is giving the 60% to Carlos. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? That's sad. 30% that the people that's supposed to vote aren't even voting. Aren't even voting. So you got to change that. You got to change that rule first. That's great. You know what I'm saying? If, like I heard, you know, people, multiple people said it. Yo, if you don't vote, you lose your vote. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's it. And then if you, you want to get even deeper, you can say, okay, well, we, we need to see who's voting. Who are, are obligated to vote and who are, who's, who's not voting and who is voting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. those are some quick changes that maybe they can it can help and actually want people to get in. So, Gooch, let me ask you: When you, because I don't I don't know how long you been retired now? Three years this fall. Yeah, so yeah, you should be. I think I think it's you have to be retired for three years. I think. So well, like, here's, here's the eligibility, right? You have to. Uh, everybody has to be a player. Must have been retired for at least three full calendar years. There you go. But for no more than ten full calendar years for purpose of 2014 election, which means that a player must have retired no later than 2010 no earlier than 2004. After being qualifying for what I just read, you have to have one of these three. A player must have played at least 20 full international games for the United States. This 20 game requirement is reduced to 10 games if the games were prior to 1990. A player must have played at least five seasons in the American First Division, professional league, and been a postseason league all-star at least once. Last qualification, a player Played at least five seasons in a major league soccer league between the end of the NESL in 1984 and the end of MISL in 1992, and been selected as a first team postseason all star at least one of the, those, those, those seasons. So, um, Gooch, maybe because you haven't played um, too long in uh, the MLS. Ryan, I'm not even worried about that. Yeah, well, that, that'll be my question. I mean, Gooch, because what Mook said with the eligibility, you are eligible this year. After you know, this year. 
after, oh, this, after year. this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after this year. All right. So, I mean, do you care? Do you do you? I mean, obviously, not so much care. I, I, but I don't. I wouldn't put care, but obviously, it's a prestigious um, thing to get. You know, I'd be I'd be honored if I got it. But right, right. I, I, care I, as, as you just said, like the stipulations, if like only a small percentage of the people that are meant to vote are even voting, then who's actually voting? The the you know who who's who's casting a vote? Yeah. You know, and, and how much weight does that vote even hold? So yeah. uh, they so, definitely so, need to change change the process if they want to get some real, real results. So is that, is that the answer of making this something that's really viable, that, that really that players really feel like they something that they passionately like? I mean, either you, you got to make the people that are able to vote, you have to mandate them to vote. Because like how hard is it to cast a vote? Yeah. Really yeah. and true. And if they're not <laughs> casting a vote, then how much are they really involved in the, in the culture? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like they don't care about the the history of, of American soccer. American soccer. Shit. You know, like, we all we, we have history. We have so you know, from the people that's that played on the field, from the people that started the, the game back whenever it started, you know what I'm saying? Like they got the builders, they got the veterans, they got the players, they have all these different categories of where you can get in. So everyone that's helping build the game of football soccer in this country Definitely. should be recognized. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So why don't they take that seriously as much as us as now, because I can we can say we're the media now, because yeah. we, we do have a podcast, so yes. we're media now. Why don't they take us seriously? And and everybody else is saying, "Yo, it needs to change." It's been we've been saying the same same things for the past I don't know how many years. Damn, he's is excited about this, boy. Ah uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm just saying. But but listen, fellas, I have a new soap opera. Uh, oh, I'm good. finally I finally have recovered from All American, <laughs> and I, my new soap is. Uh, Soap opera is called All of Nothing. It's a documentary that uh, comes on Prime, Amazon. And uh, this year they follow in Tottenham Hotspurs. Last year it was Man City. And it's perfect because Marino now is the coach of Tottenham. And everybody knows Marino is a man of, uh, who loves entertainment. He loves to kind of um, give funny dialogue. He loves to kind of showmanship, you know. And uh, I- I've enjoyed it. I think there's three more um, – uh, episodes left. I think I went through six. Um, Bees, have you had a chance to check it out? What's your thoughts, man, of the person who actually played in those stadiums? Yeah, I mean, I I had no problem with what Danny said. I had no problem. Hold on, we didn't get there yet. I'm talking about the, as a whole, as a show. You as a former player who's been in that, in those, um, in those locker rooms, in those, in those uh, environment, um, is this still entertaining to you? Myself, seeing behind the scenes, um, not saying I haven't been around it, but it's obviously a little bit different feeling than us, than you guys who have played on, in Europe and had those feelings. I mean, I get it. It's TV, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I mean, per, but me, no, me personally, no, I, yeah. I don't like it. Cause I was surprised when I saw it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They actually let, you know, the cameras go in that deep. I mean, those are conversations and things that are being talked about with deals and what team yes. players might go through. That's and, hot. You know, I, okay, yes, for, for fans. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, fans, yeah. You want obviously you want to hear those kind of conversations. What really goes on in those in those one on one conversations with the coach, with the managers, with the board, with the owner. You know what I'm saying? But for me as a player, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like that. I, if I had a, if I would if I was in that situation, I would have said, "Yo, take take my shit off camera, yo." Like we we There's a price play. tag for everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That check. No, if they go, if they even they they pay me. You know, say individually, nah, yo, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't. He's <laughs> lying. They I'm have not lying. Bees, we're gonna give Y'all you, we're gonna give you two million pounds to have your 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 meeting with the coach recorded. Well, I mean, you didn't say minutes. millions now, you just oh, said yeah. everything has a price tag. <laughs> I, <had a> price <laughs> tag. <laughs> no, I mean, if they were, you know, what I'm saying, if they would have, you know, said, okay, everybody do, on the team, do you think the fans have the right for that, for that transparency to be able to see and to hear? Who they support? What the really right? No, they the don't have the board. right. They don't have the right. What they have the right to do is to watch the final product on game day. That's what they have. The, that's what <laughs> yeah. they have the right to do. That's what they yeah. pay to get into the stadium to watch. Now yeah. they don't. Well, have well, to- well Mook, since you've been watching it, to be honest, what's been the feedback? Because I haven't watched it, like the whole show. I watched clippets. You know yeah, it's cool. Like I take it as a soap opera, meaning like you know they try to have a little drama before every game. Yeah, but what's the feedback from like this general? Yeah, I mean, I think people love it. I think, you know, Marino has a, a big um, a fan base. Obviously, the Tottenham fans love it. There's no really negativity towards it. I think what, people... What's your, opinion, what's your opinion on his, his bust up with Danny? So what happened was uh, Danny Rose, a left, veteran left back for Tottenham Hotspurs, English International. Um, it seemed like he was, he was not getting every 
weekend starts. And what happens is that um, he didn't start the previous weekend. And then against Happens. Liverpool, he got the starting nod. Um, Jose Marino felt that he was a veteran. He did well in practice. He went with a guy he trusted. Danny Rose didn't perform well. Next week, he was dropped. So Danny felt the way, like, listen, what's going on? You, you playing me, you're not playing me. Um, he didn't like how he was feeling. So the camera showed Danny showing up to the offices. And Fees, what he say to Marino? <laughs> he said, Gaff, I got a problem. <laughs> no, no, he said, he said, what's the problem? First thing he said. Yeah, he walked, he said, Gaffer, what's the problem? And then he what's walked the away. He was like, yo, follow me in the room, Gaffer. So I, I like that, that, you know, Danny was like, listen, I'm a veteran. You can't come here and play no games with me. And I think they had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. The, the headlines was the blow-up. But I didn't take it as a blow-up, Gooch. I took it, I took, it was two grown men talking to each other. Danny had an issue. He, he presented himself to Marino. Marino was very honest. said, listen, Danny, you didn't play terrible, but he wasn't nothing great. Right. Right? Like, like, like you could be rotated. You know? I've, all right. So I've been in this position before. Yes. Right? And I've been in this position where you weren't playing and you wanted to play. You felt like you should be playing in front of somebody else. And in this position, I've actually – and I've, I've told players, young players all the time, opportunities don't come a lot. So you can't make an excuse when you're not playing that you should be playing. And then when you get the opportunity to play, say that you didn't play well because you weren't playing, right? Because yeah. there's just – there's a cycle of excuses. So you either prepare yourself for that moment and then shut up when you get that moment because you can't say, okay, you've been playing well, you're playing great. He was training really good up until Liverpool and uh, Jose Mourinho told him so. But what happened was he shit his bed when he got in the game, right? So he had his opportunity to solidify everything that he's done prior to that game in the week of training and be like, but what about bees? What about what he's saying that, listen, you have other people on the team who don't play well and still get the benefit of the doubt to play again next, next, next uh, game. And he's saying that he's a veteran. How come he's not getting that same treatment? Where is this coming from? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, well, when I was, when you cut me off before, uh, <laughs> I don't see any, uh, I don't see no problem with that. Cause that it's, it's a, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a business, right? The coach wants to play the best players. You know, the player wants to play. And regardless of his ambitions of him wanting to, you know, play in the Euros uh, for England in summer, and obviously he needs to be playing um, because uh, that's what they need if you're going to be an international. You need to be playing week in and week out with your, with your club team. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, it just – you, you got to give the manager some pressure too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe he wasn't looking at Danny in training as, as much as he should be. You know what I'm saying? Maybe – you know that that's just kind of it's kind but of playing playing play mind game. So you you when uh, when you go to, when you go talk to a coach that next day in training he's going to be looking exactly what you do. So that's well, what you said. That's your that's your chance to shine. Whether he's, training, he's also playing in a sector of the field that you can't be turning over uh, every four players. The defense has to con uh, develop yeah. consistency. So you can't yeah. just be like oh, I'm maybe him maybe out that's what he's trying to say. Like leave us consistent. Like let let, let you. Sh he's basically saying you should know I'm your left back. No, but he's telling. But he, he's basically telling Jose Mourinho that Jose is keeping it consistent and he shouldn't be because of other people's performances. That's what he's saying. And I get it. He's frustrated. And every player should be frustrated if you feel that you should be playing at a certain level. But at the same time, he actually actually. Uh, said he got his opportunity and he didn't do well and he's mad yeah. because i play once every three weeks but bro that's more than some people are playing you know yeah. what i'm saying like and, and you have the opportunity to play at tottenham so yeah. take your chance and run with it don't make excuses for not uh capitalizing on it that's what i say personally well ladies and gentlemen uh i'm happy to introduce to you our guest for today we have a young footballer out of philadelphia union um young international um, homegrown player who uh, we feel is on a break to go overseas. I want to give a big round of applause and bring it to the building. The new legend. Let's give a big round of applause, please. My man, Brendan Anderson. What's up, B? What's up, how man? are you? Good? Hey, oh, B, we, we, thought we, we, we thought we wouldn't have to teach you how to, um, to put your uh, camera horizontal. Since you're, since you're a young boy, you should be teaching us old guys how to do <laughs> there this. There we thing. go. There you go. How you feeling, brother? Good, how are you guys? Good, man. Thank you so much for joining myself, Mookie Wilson. Obviously, you know, Demarcus Beasley and the Gooch, a Gucci and Yebo. Uh, how you feeling, man? Uh, congratulations on your win this weekend. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, feeling good. Y'all had, uh, had a day off today? 
Yeah, we had we just came in for a regen today since there's a week off before the next game. So we just have today regen and then the next two days off, which is nice. Oh, oh, oh nice. Yeah. Hey, so when y'all when you guys are usually in season, does how does it, how does your training schedule go? Do you if you guys have a week in between, do you guys have a day off and during the week, or you guys train all week? Uh, after we usually like after the game. Yeah. Uh, after a game, it depends. I think it's if it's a win or a loss, really. I think that it just depends. I think we usually have like. If it's a week, it's usually a day off and then training. This is like the first time where we've actually had a regen and then two days off. It's usually right after the game day off, and then yeah. next day training or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, Brendan, you guys think you guys are nice, man. You guys are busting everybody <laughs> up. How does it feel as a homegrown represent in New Jersey to see yeah. the union actually shining? That when Gooch was playing. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Don't, 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 don't dignify that with a response. Yeah, were y'all, were y'all good when you were playing, though? Were y'all good when you were playing? You know, we were going through a redevelopment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Aaron, you, you were watching from the academy, and, and yeah. again, like you have that that passion to represent Philly. Obviously, you've been rocking with the Union um, for for many years, and and coming yeah. through the system, man. How great does it feel to see these guys on top? Yeah, no, I mean, it's an awesome feeling. I mean, I've been going to games since I was 10 years old, and that's when yeah. I first saw it. So going to the games from a young kid and just being able to be in that stadium and just seeing them, the team get better and better throughout each year, I think it's just – it's awesome to be on the field, really. It's just awesome to be playing every game and getting the chances that I have, and I'm just super grateful for it, and I'm super grateful for the coaching staff that we have there and the players that we have. So now you represent Medford, New Jersey, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you guys really Medford. classify yourself as Jersey or Philly? You're so close. <laughs> so, yeah, the thing in Jersey is South Jersey's Philly and North yeah. Jersey. New York. Like, yeah, yeah, New York. So There is no such thing as Jersey, basically. Trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's two split. <laughs> it's basically two different states, to be fair, North Jersey and South Jersey. So, Brandon, what does a South Jersey footballer play like, look like? Like, what's that vibe? What, what is it? What, what is, what is a South Jersey footballer like? Yeah, I, th- I mean, for what I've seen, I think South Jersey's gotten a lot of better, a lot better. I think North Jersey was always kind of the, yeah. I mean, Tab Ramos, you had all those guys that were on that World Cup team that one year that came from North Jersey, and North Jersey's known to be making really, really good soccer players. So I think South Jersey's really starting to come up now, and there's a bunch of really good clubs down there, such as my dad's, Real New Jersey. That's where I started. Nice. Now I'm at the head of the club down there, so it's plug. really good. To, yeah, the, I like that plug too. We just gonna plug your pops in. But I like that plug. You raised right, son. You raised right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great club, and now the team is doing really well. I think the O fours or O fives were number one in the country at one point. So nice. I think the clubs down there are getting better and better. This guy. So are you are you living at home right now? Yes, I am. I but you're the big man on campus. That's how you living with your parents. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> no, I, I'm saving my money. I'm saving my money. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's what, hey that's, dude, that's what you call smart. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I taught him that. that. I taught you him that. that you were growing up. I didn't have the – wait, my parents going to live with me in, in France? What yes. Bring the whole family to France. <laughs> How's that saving money for anybody? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think he don't want to leave that home cooking. That's his problem. Really? Yeah, no, I can't cook. I cannot. I need to work on that for sure. And that's incredible. Did your father still scream at you about the games when you come, now you're a professional and you come home? Yeah. You still... Some, I mean, not, not as much as when I was younger. I don't think yeah. he really yelled at me. I think he was just kind of having that, like, understanding of, like, when I played bad and when I didn't play bad. It was no, like, screaming or anything like that. And I think it was more myself keeping, like, I always put a lot of pressure on myself to do well. And I think I've, I'm a perfectionist in that sense. So I think that's something that I've always had. And my dad's kind of developed that in me. So I think that now it's just like he knows he knows that I know when I play bad and then how I bounce back from it. I nice. talk to him. And we just have a really good relationship like that. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. Who's who's the better player? yourself or Pax and your younger younger brother? Uh oh. Yeah, this is this I get this question a lot to be fair. But uh, how old is he? He is three years younger than me, so he's right. six uh seventeen. Yeah, I think he's seventeen. Just turned seventeen in August. So and he just signed yeah. a homegrown as well, right? He just signed a homegrown, yeah. So, so yeah, me. I'm gonna say me, of course. <laughs> He's, why, you say, why you say that? Though? You gotta back it up with something. I mean, the one v ones that we play, I'm always, I'm always winning those. Uh, That's you're stronger than him. Yeah, not for long. Not for hey, long. No, he's he's like my size now. He's really grown up. Like now, I can't take it as easy as I like. I used to, I used to be able to body him and do all that kind of stuff, but now yeah. it's like, wait, you would body him? How much do you weigh? Who you body? <laughs> <laughs> 
like 155. I can buy you. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I, hey, I remember them kind of days though. When I, because me and my brother had kind of the same situation with uh, yeah. with Brennan and and and, uh, and Paxton. I was probably what about a about a buck ten. My brother's probably about I don't know. I say about one fifty when we were growing up. And I used yeah. to buy, I used to buy that motherfucker sometimes, yo. When we played in, in the backyard, I'm yeah. you, I used to I used to buy I used to win some of them games. So, B, what's the age difference it's, between you and um and Jamal? Me, uh, we're like two and a half years. And, yeah. So and, when we yeah, so when he when we were both still in high school. He was the he was the first. I don't, people don't know this, but my brother was the first, first ever uh, player signed out of high school. Project MLS when he signed. And to get a uh, Nike deal, I was very jealous. Yeah, of him <laughs> he got a Project Forty Nike deal. He got a but no, but I mean, but just the you know the the um, the comparison with you know when Brandon was talking about with him and his brother when they play and how competitive they are, and then you know I was the same way with my brother. You know, I, I looked at I looked up to him because I wanted to be you know him because he was a big man on campus. You know, so so I got. I'm probably thinking the same thing as, as Paxton, as your yeah. brother. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I want to. I want to no, be where sure. he was. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to. You know, when we played, even when back in Fort Wayne, when we played uh, club. You know, he was the age group two years above me. But I would always be watching his games. I would always be, you know, seeing what I can improve on and this and that. And then when we go and play, I'm going to try to compete and I'm yeah. going to try to win. You know what I'm saying? And that's where a lot of my competitiveness, because I'm still small, but that's where a lot of my competitiveness came from with my with my brother in the backyard. It started from then. You know what I'm saying? I think, I, I think you I ended got, up okay, I got I got beat up with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Brandon, I think so that is, helps. Is that's Paxton, why I, is Paxton, Paxton training with the first team? Uh no, not yet. He's he's with Steel. He's getting some games and I think it's good for him to get in that kind of environment of pro games and just at the competitive stage right now because we don't really know how many games he's gonna have. So I think just the games that he plays right now is good because he's not gonna be able to play games with us. So I think just games for him is good right now. Right. I think it's crazy because obviously, you know, when I was there, you were just a young, young yeah. little tadpole. And uh, sometimes you would come <laughs> some, some days training with, you know, with the first thing sometimes. And I remember I saw you one training session and we had a scrimmage and you were, I was like, who is yeah. this little kid running all over the place trying to chop people up? <laughs> and then he grew up and I'm like, hold up. This cat's getting called into the national team. All right, you did okay. You did okay in the last yeah. few years, my friend. You developed quite well <laughs> over there. How do you, what do you think is the biggest difference has been in ter terms of your development from three years ago till now, being a starter on the, on the union? Yeah. Uh, so when I came up with you guys, I was playing with Steel at the time. And that was, that's the second team at the union. It was called Bethlehem Steel at the time, but now it's called Union 2. But I think just being able to, in that environment at first, that pro environment with Bethlehem Steel really shaped me. I think made me kind of see the competition and make me want to work harder. And I think that when you saw me, I was smaller and I wasn't really grown into my body yet. And I had to figure out ways that I had to use my small stature and think faster and all that kind of stuff. Because right. when you're, when, like, when you're small like that, you have to think the game more. So I think that when I started to get my height and I started to get more speed and all that kind of stuff, I think that I took the stuff from when I was smaller, the thinking side of things. And then I brought it to when I started getting speed and stuff like that. So I think that's really, really what helped me get to that kind of next level and just working hard. So you think like just puberty hit and you're just like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think it does have, I think it actually does have to do with that because I felt like, like that year and in the year before that, I felt like a baby giraffe on the field. Like I, I couldn't move. <laughs> like it was like. You still look like I, a baby I, giraffe. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my legs were so long and skinny. Like I, I think I, I think I grew like six inches or five inches and just like, Nice. four or five months like it was a crazy crazy just jump in height so i think that definitely had something to do with that and just yeah like i said working hard does that does that working hard does that does that mean you be in the gym too be honest yeah i mean be honest <laughs> be honest us hey we don't be in the gym yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not, I'm not a big gym guy, but yeah. my, I get in there for, I, I go and do all the lifts and I'll do extra lifts with some of the guys, but mostly my work is on the soccer field. And I think yeah. that I spend extra time with my dad, extra time with my brother, like over quarantine, I had, a, I had the keys to like this facility, which was inside. And me and my brother went there every day for two and a half, three hours a day, just playing one V ones, working on our turning all the technical stuff. So I think that's something that's like, has always been engraved at us is just working hard. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. B, tell me about the, the union. Obviously they have the reputation now of bringing up a lot of quality players. Um, yeah. Mackenzie, yourself, Fontana. 
what makes that school and that academy so special? What are they doing um, to, to develop a quite quality players? Like can they get that to Houston? Can they, can y'all, you know, rip, rip, say, rip, no. Rip. say no, say no, say <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but the YSC is, is a really, really special place. And I think when Gooch was there, it was kind of starting to come up at the time and it was starting to get more kids. And now it's, it's a full bone school. Like you have grades from eighth to senior year or seventh to senior year. I, yeah. I actually have been there in a, like a few months now because I really haven't had time, but it's a special place. I think the teachers there are super e Like it's not easy, but it's like they work around your schedule. So accommodating. Like, what'd you say? Sorry. Accommodating. Yeah. Accommodating. Yeah. So you're basically, if you go to play with the second team, you have to come before school and get your schoolwork done. So it's like they just find ways to bend around your schedule and like all that kind of stuff. And I think that we had double sessions when I went to the school too. So being able to work on stuff that I need to work on in the morning and then go to school and then have a training afterward, like that just really helps that age, just getting that extra training. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge, man. And, and we see like now um, that is like the prime example of how you put together a residency. In, in, the, in the country right now. You know, yeah, everybody exactly. talks to me about the, the Union Academies, how they are the best um, teams in the country and how some of the Academy teams can beat the national team, the youth yeah, national yeah. teams. You know? um, yeah. Did you have any international players that were at the Academy with you that you thought that was phenomenal that maybe didn't make it to the MLS or went other, other, other routes? Yeah. Um, I'm, as a young kid, I think that most of the kids in the Union Academy got called up to go to the national teams. There was always a few, always in my age group. And uh, I think that happens with every kid. I think it's just like the way you develop and how, how bad you want it. I think that some kids peter out because maybe they were super hyped at a young age and they felt like they were already on top at one point and they didn't work as hard. And for me, I actually didn't get called into many youth national team camps. And I was never really a part of like – a steady national team group. So when I saw these kids go to camps and stuff like that, it only really made me hungrier and just want to do better and try to get on that national team. And what I always told myself, yeah, I get upset when I wasn't going to youth national team camps, but what I always told myself when my, my uh, parents told me was your goal should be to get to the national team in the 23s. That's what really matters. Yep. So that's what I always told myself. And yeah, like you said, you, you, you see kids like that, but they peter out sometimes, but some kids go through. It seems like you peaked at the right time then. And now, you know, you, yeah. I, I saw you in one of your last camps in, in Florida with the national team. You're 19 years old. Your professional career just started. Now you're getting recognized at the first national team because mm -hmm. you said you weren't when you were younger. You know, you were getting, yeah. getting passed by. You finally went through puberty, got your Popeye muscles, <laughs> your growth spurt, everything like that. Yeah. So, you know, t t tell me, because me and Bees have lived through it. We've been on the national team. We yeah. know how it is to be a youngster. What pressure are you feeling now that you've been, you know, called in, you've been recognized, you've been identified, and now how does that translate to how you perform now moving forward? Yeah. I mean, in the country right now, I think that there's a lot of hype around young players. I think that you guys can see that, and I think that the national team definitely wants to change in that sense of just, like, getting better in every situation. So I think that for me, I think it's kind of, I don't have Twitter. I don't ha I don't go on Instagram that much. And I think staying away from social media, not getting hooked on that kind of stuff is big for me because that stuff can get in your head. So I try to stay away from it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, I think there is pressure because you're a number, I, I'm a number 10. So I need to be able to score goals, get assists. And at a young age, it's tough being a number 10, but I take that responsibility and I kind of go with it. And I just, I try to play the best I can every game and help the team as much as I can. So I don't really try to worry about the outside forces. I just try to play my game and enjoy, enjoy soccer. Take us back to your first call up. And what do you think about the speed of play? What do you find the most difficult compared to playing in the MLS with that international game? Yeah. So my first call up with the national team was an October camp or yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I think at the end of October, it was in two international games and it was with when Christian, Tyler, Weston, all the big guys came. So it was, uh, it was really, really cool for me. And it, that was honestly another part of my career where I'd say it kind of opened my eyes a little bit more because when you go into training and you see how these guys work and how good they really are, it only makes you want to get better. So I think just being in those situations and seeing how these guys work in training, how hard they work, how serious they take it, the extra work they do, 
and how they take the games, like just looking at them and how they like, what do they do before games, all that kind of stuff. Just kind of like just studying them, asking questions. I think that was a, that was definitely a big camp for me. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't get to play, of course, because there were two really important games, but it was just awesome. It was just a really awesome experience to just go there and see that. Yeah, it's, it's, cra it's crazy that you say, uh, you know, the big guys came in. When I went out there, it was, you know, it was the, the Claudios, the Eddie Pope. Yeah. You know, they were 30 and 31 and, yeah. you know, like, but the big guys now, but I like it though. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Our core group are yeah. young. They're young, they're yeah. hungry, they're, they're good players. They're playing at big clubs. Mm -hmm. that, the thing that I like about it a lot, uh, like about it, is that they're important at their clubs. Yeah. You know, not just that they're at the club and they're fighting for time. I mean, what you have to do, you have to fight for time. You got to fight to play. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. guys are important to the club. They're important to the team. They're important to the coach. They're getting on the field. They're making a difference, and that's what you want to see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what you want to see the young players having a, a, a bigger role and it's going to, you know, emulate to the national team. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I think yeah. like, it's just, yeah, it's, and it's like, they're 21, 22, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But that's, yeah. that's the way, you know, that we're going now. And I like that. I love that. I love the use. I love the movement for sure. Yeah. But all, yeah. But also just to, to say that too, Michael Bradley was also there too. Yeah. And you right. have these, you have these old guys sprinkled in there too. And he was also a guy that I would ask questions to. And he was, he was really cool. He'd come up to me, help me and yeah. all those kind of things. So I think that, having those older guys with the really, really good players that we have, young players that they have now, it's, it's just a good mix, I think. So yeah. it's good to have that. So, so Brandon, you said, uh, you know, the U.S. has a lot of hype with the younger generation now. And yeah. Now you, you've been kind of implemented into the national team scheme. Where do you see yourself falling now with Christian Pulisic, yes. Gio Reyna? Like, I know, I, I know you as a young boy, and now yeah. as, a, as an, a, an older man, but – how confident in your own abilities are you to be like, I don't care about them. I'm going to, I'm going to take my opportunity when it comes. Yeah. How do you see yourself working into that whole midfield? Exactly what you just said. I think that it's not worrying about all that kind of other stuff. It's when I get my chance, I need to take it. And I think that whenever I get called into a camp, it's going to be hundred percent serious. And I'm, I'm fighting for a spot and I want to represent the country and I want to be at that starting lineup spot. And I'm, I'm confident in my own ability and I, I know what I can do. So I think it's just, going into these camps, showing them that you, you want to represent the country and you want to be the best player you can. Do you think you, with your ability, you could coexist with those names? Yeah, I think I could. Yeah, for sure. I think I could for sure. I like this kid. I like that beat. I like that beat. Tell me your, tell me your, um, your three players you want to play with in the midfield on the national team and the three you want ahead of you on the national team. The three of what? The three players in front of him and the three players, the players he wants to play with in the midfield. Oh, with. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough question. I, there's so many, there's so many good players right now. Yeah, stop it, stop it, stop it. This Just answer the, the question. There's so many good players. Everybody <laughs> is a great player. I don't You're the want. baller. Tell us who you, want, who you think you, who should be in that team, including yourself, who should be playing where, and, and, uh, and uh, I want names. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Who's your striker? Probably say, I, I would probably like to – I would probably play the 10. And yep. then on either side would probably Weston or Tyler. Mm -hmm. And then left would probably be either Joe or Christian. Right would be Joe or Christian, either or at the wings. And then up top, Josh. Look at you. Sorry. That's a young, young strike force right there. Right? Yeah. So no, no Josie. <laughs> Josie too. That wouldn't be bad having. Oh, uh, you, you you can't you have him. No, Josh. All right, Josh, Josh or Josie up top. No, 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 no. You can't say <laughs> him or him. Look at this guy. Yeah, you, don't, yeah. you don't want no backlash. <laughs> so, so, I, got a, I got a question for you. Sorry, Goose. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. Have you ever seen Demarcus Beasley or Gucci and Yebu play for the U.S. national team? I did. Yes, I've seen them many times. Chill, yeah. chill, chill. Have you ever seen them uh, a game? A match or highlight them playing in Europe. I know. I don't know if I have ever seen a clip. I know I saw Gooch fights Zlatan. I've seen that video. There's no video. There's I've never no seen video. that video. Look at this kid something. lying. Look at this kid lying on the crack. I, I ain't no some, video. <laughs> hey, I saw something about it. I saw something about it, and I have not. I have not seen Demarcus play overseas. Can you name two teams that Gucci and Yehu has played for? Easy. Besides Philadelphia Union. 
AC Milan. Boom. He won't get that lower. He will. I trust him. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, stop texting him on the side. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, did he play in Holland? No, he didn't play in Holland, did he? Did. I'm gonna get happy. He played in Holland. He played in Premier League. He played in the Belgium League and also in Portugal. In Portugal. And in La Liga too. <laughs> oh, he played the whole year. Come All on, right. Trying to think. Hold we on. got to pass on that one. Give me two teams that Beasley paid for that weren't MLS teams. He played for Fulham. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> oh God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I should know this. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> oh man! But, uh, actually, these he, he, he was finished. he was at the time one of the only U.S. players to play in the Champions League. What was it? Quarters or semis? Semis. Semis. Semifinals. I know and he score. played in the EPL. I know he played in the EPL for sure. But yeah. I'm just trying to think of which team. Man City. Man City. That's who it was. Yeah, Man City. But B, I, I apologize for putting you on the spot, but this is the crack, and I just want to make okay. a point. Okay. I just want to make a point. It has like you no know, reason we here. We want to bridge that gap, right? Because there's things that you're gonna go through that these two gentlemen have been through, and they have to also know things that you can teach them on on what's new or, or new experiences. So I just think that for as a country to grow further, we have to make sure we know our history, to make sure that we know that of you're not course. the first person to go through what you're going through or play where you're gonna play. And, and, and speaking yeah. of that, uh, I like to, to uh, we have a segment called- Say what? What? Right, it's a segment we have called Say What? And I wanna play you something um, from Gucci Onyewu describing his first international, his first um, debut as a professional playing in Europe, playing for France, a team called Mets. Here we go. The, the papers loved it, the team loved it. And I actually almost scored, chipped the goalie from half field. Uh, Stop with, my, with my left foot. I, I, Stop. I, I, it was a tackle. There's no way you try to shoot on your own. I'm going to tell you, and I've been looking for this footage for over 15 <laughs> years. If you, you just look, can't find it, it's, imbo- you, it's impossible. It's there somewhere. Look, yeah, it's somewhere. You look, 2003, yeah. French, French Cup, Mets against Bordeaux. We won this game. I came in. in the last 15 minutes, we were winning. We were up, and we were winning. The goalie came out, and I had the ball at midfield, left foot. From the midfield line, I was like, shoot, I'm going to swing on this one. So I, I hit it straight on goal. Just goes doing? over the bar. The crowd Directly doing? down the middle. Just over the bar. The whole I was feeling they the cut out. Fan, the, they whole, cut out. The, the whole fan, the whole stadium was like, oh, just like. <laughs> the whole stadium said, ooh, Gooch, you always you missed tell, it. Yo, you can tell, you can tell that he has never scored a goal in his life. Well, you gotta, <laughs> if you got to describe the fan's reaction to a first goal. Of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, this is my professional <laughs> debut. <laughs> This is my professional debut oh, and what would have been my first professional goal, period. Uh, no matter. Uh, before, before playing at pro, how many stadiums did you play over thousands? Like, over that's, that's, not, that's not the point of it. I can't. It, it, you know what, having your goal, talking about the fans. <laughs> ah, oh. He chipped it almost from half field. No, that was a clearance. I, that was a clearance. Wasn't that chip? He was kicking the ball out. Listen, Brandon. Don't don't listen to these clowns. All right, so that's <laughs> your question. So you you see you seen Gooch play after when you know he was obviously a little bit older then. Yeah. So just if you can picture Goose him training, right? You picture yeah. him one day you saw him in training. Can you picture him swinging with his left foot? First of all, I wasn't a center back at that time. Can I finish? Can I finish? No, you can't finish. You this is slander. No, no. <laughs> Swing in his left, his left foot. Now. Left foot. Great. Left, okay. From half field and almost scoring. Can you see that? Uh, yeah. Brandon, Brandon, what side of the field did I play on in Philly? <laughs> I mean, he did play on the left. Let him answer the question. Let him answer the question. My bad, my bad. I'm I mean, he would have to, he'd have to be ambitious to hit something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, man. Hey, I mean, I, I mean, I, I could see it. I mean, if. I mean, I, I, play, I, play, I play with the man for what, 15, 16, 17 years? I, I, nah, I ain't. Nah. <laughs> hey, 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 Brandon, we, um, we see all these uh, national team players going overseas, obviously, but also yeah. look at MLS. I think most recently, um, Reggie Cannon, one of your international teammates, just got signed in uh, Portugal. He actually yeah. scored in his first game. Um, there's a lot of talks about yourself going over, but I also hear that you're going to stay back and play for and 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 remain in the MLS. 
what are your thoughts? Is there any decisions has been made up yet? And you know, how do you feel right now? Yeah, I mean, my dream is to go to Europe, and there's nothing that's gonna. I mean, that's that's my dream, and I yeah. don't I don't think anything's gonna hold me back from doing that, and that's for sure the angle for sure. But all right now, my focus is on Philly, and nice. I I mean, I've been. I think the season has been fantastic already, and I think we need to just keep going. Yes, we're we're, we're doing very very well. So I think that uh, my focus on team, and I don't want to let down them or anybody else. So that's that's really my, my focus right now. But for sure, the end game is going to Europe, and yeah. the sooner, for sure, the sooner the better. Speak a little bit about Jim 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 Curtin, who we all have played with and we're good friends with. Tell us about how he's helped your game, and what does he tell you to have so much trust in a young footballer like yourself to to be the number ten of his uh, of his team? Yeah, I mean, being high, usually the other MLS teams, they don't have a lot of tens that are under 20 years old or yeah. even above 20 most of them are above 25 but they don't give them the chance I, yeah they don't give them the chance especially at the 10 because the 10 such as such an important position so I think that it, it goes to show you how much he really trusts in me and I think that since the first time I walked into preseason I think just the coaching staff in general has been amazing and I think that I've had a great relationship with Oka um Pat Oka Newton. big shots to Oka baby <laughs> Pat Noonan and Jim, Jim, of course. But yeah, I think that we've just had really good, we've had good connections. And I think that it's just something that I've, they just, they just put a lot, they put a lot into me. And I think that sometimes I'll have bad games, but they stay patient with me. And I think that's yeah. a huge thing, staying patient and let me just keep playing. And I think that this year has been really a huge step up for me. And I think that I'm really starting to put things together and starting to get some goals and assists. So it, it definitely turned out to be good. Bees, what do you like about Brandon's game? I called him silky. I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> I did see that. I did. Thank yeah, you for that. that. Why didn't you respond to the man when he called you silky? Then <laughs> how do you respond to I, that? I'm not a big. I'm not a big social media guy either. So yeah, it's just all. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, you know, I, I love your game. I love your Thank game. You. Uh, not not just the, not so much as the the work you put in because I mean you you run all over the field. Yes. I even think you know um, Jim Curtin. I think it was against LAFC you outran everybody by a kilometer and a half or something like that, or a mile and a half or something like that. The whole, the whole field, the whole team, both teams. Yeah. I, what I really like about you is that the, the, the things that you try to do and uh, not everything comes off, but a lot of the play, a lot of the plays do. And you don't, you're not afraid to try things. You're not afraid to uh, um, have a big presence on the field. You know, you, we, you know, we all know you're, you're skillful. You're, you're very good around the box. You're bo very good with both feet, you know what I'm saying? But the fact for me is that if you're playing in those top four, you know, either number 10, winger, striker, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to try to make the game. You know, you, yeah. can't, you can't play scared. You can't play, um, you know, kind of conservative. You know, you go at the game, you go at players. If you get a chance to go one-on-one, -on -one, you go. If you, you have a chance to, you know what I'm saying, make a, a – not the, a good pass, but a better pass, you usually yeah. make – Nine out of ten. So I've, I've I've been watching your game. I've been really watching your Appreciate game. Appreciate it. Well, you play. I think you have. I think you have a bright future. Just like you know, a lot of people have, have said it. And I I just I, I can't wait to see. You how know, much did you pay this man? Huh? <laughs> Brandon, how much did you pay this man? Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm serious. When I when I saw when I saw when I saw him play, man, that's why I said I. Why write on Twitter? Not very often. I literally said like, yo, man, the silky. The Thank way you. you play, you're, you're skillful. The way the, the way you know, what I'm saying the. Bees goes. Bees goes. This man is silky. He needs to get called up. I was like, Bees, he's been called up to the national. <laughs> I said, I asked. I asked if he had ever been called up. I did not know. I did not know. <laughs> it's all good. Nah, it's man, all good. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how it goes. Gooch, Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Gooch, what form of advice can you give him on the transition of going to Europe? I think he's trash, personally. No, <laughs> <laughs> no honestly, look, man, I'm going to tell you this from my experience and Bees' experience, and I believe that you have it already in a grounded family. Uh, understand where you came from, where you're going. And like Mookie said, th there's nothing that you're going to experience that somebody else hasn't. So take pride in your development. Understand like the humble and hard grit and grind that you had to do to get there. And, you know, keep on working. I, I don't see any reason why you need to plateau anytime soon, right? As long as you keep your head on straight. Got it. And, and, and Brendan, uh, there's something... <clears throat> 
these gentlemen always talk about the locker room in Europe is a little bit different than MLS. Yeah. Right. And how nobody's going to be your friend. You're competing for a job. Um, Gooch, who had what? Gooch, how many years you played professionally? Sixteen. Sixteen years. Um, and thirteen of years, he's never played with friends. He always played coming into a, a new country. Fifteen years. <laughs> Fifteen years coming to a new country, new team. Doesn't know anybody there. Anybody on the team. Only until you came to Philadelphia Union that you had friends on the team. So you, you come to a situation where you've always been a Philadelphia Union man. Now you're out of your comfort, comfort zone. Um, Bees, what is it like being 150 pounds playing in Europe? And you're American. They're also going to treat you differently as American. Well, I mean, yeah. every, every country is different. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have the, the, the greatest. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to say what's up. You know what I'm saying? They're going to say good morning. Yeah. At the same time, they ain't going to invite you to dinner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they ain't going to invite you to, because you, you come in and take somebody's job. Yeah. You know? That's that that is, that is what it is. You know they're gonna yeah. uh, look at you how you train and if the, you, you can actually help them win win football games. That's that's what yeah. it is. You know what I'm saying? And once you get, gain that respect over in Europe with your play and how you are as a person, you know you you'll be fine. There's no no reason why um, you won't do that. And I, I'm I'm sure you will. You know I don't know you personally, but just from what people uh, what I've seen and read about you and what people have said, you know you shouldn't have you won't have any problem if you do want to go to Europe sometime, you'll fit right in. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So B, maybe just want to say thank you for, you know, um, checking in with us, with us old yeah, no. and, uh, awesome. and next time, next time we do a podcast, we'll see you in Europe, man. Um, whenever you get there, wherever you land up, you know, sounds good. No, thank yeah, you. Guys. Luck, Thanks for having me. Thanks well, let, let us know when you sign to Germany. I know it's already in the works. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> no, thanks guys. Thanks guys. Really appreciate you. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Yeah, you guys too. Thank you for having me. Thank All you. right, bye. Yes, sir. Young phenom, as some people like to like to say. He is. He is. I mean, all these kids are young phenoms. They're definitely young. That's for damn sure. Uh, starting. He's brave. He's brave though, and he works hard. And that's he the does. Key, right? He's a hard, hard worker. He's crazy. And it's yeah. hard to be like knowing as a youth you were never called into a because obviously me and myself kind of followed that national team system from like youth yeah. all the way up and yeah. then like he said to kind of be on the outskirts it's not easy to keep that same motivation to, to to get there keep that drive and then get to the first thing you know it's, it's, it's i mean fun. that's kind of like that's kind of like clint. Uh, you know clint. clint yeah clint yeah he didn't he wasn't with the you know the u14s and 15s like we you know myself <laughs> was so you know it doesn't matter what path you take is this you know what i'm saying it's, what you do when you also can show you, you should stick to your guns, right? Maybe the way he was playing, they didn't appreciate that in the youth national team. But obviously, as a pro, if he didn't, if he didn't come up to Philadelphia Union and get a first cap that early, he would never get called to the national team. So sometimes as a what the club looks for as a pro for that club is definitely what the national team may look at as a youth player. Right. Sure. So Clint, Clint was a very tricky, um, you know, brave player, just like uh, Brennan. And, you know, he was looked at as a, as a liability, maybe, you know, or somebody who they can't, uh, who's maybe erratic or, you know, um, wasn't that solid. <clears throat> but it shows you that they don't know everything. Let's get Clint on the, on the podcast. How you? <laughs> we had to go fishing. Let me, let me, what's the, what's the probability that we can get Clint Dempsey on this podcast? There we go. Clint Dempsey's the next guest. There you go. You got him. You just, just hit him up, Bees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, Bees, Bees, Bees who? Bees who? I've never played what you wanted. <laughs> I, I think I roomed with you one time. Yeah, I think I roomed. <laughs> one of Beez's roommates. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, even though even though we wrapped up the first season um, of doing 13 episodes, the first time we're ever doing a podcast, uh, we're not going to have a long break. We're going to spin around and start season two quickly. Uh, we have a lot of new things and, and new arrangements coming up, and we'll announce those soon. But I, I want to say thank you to the listeners and the supporters uh, who were with us from the, from the very beginning. See us go through a pandemic together. Also dealing with um, controversy and racial injustice in the country. Also dealing with no football and still be able to, to put a show together. But uh, I, I've enjoyed my time and I can't wait to, um, to do many more seasons with my brothers. And I'm, I'm about to sign Beasley and Gooch to a contract. Um, so see, <laughs> because I heard other people are trying to get, get you guys to come onto the podcast. So, you know, I'm gonna have to lock you guys in. Not as Beasley has a microphone. I'm ready hey, to commit. 
<laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the microphone though? It's all right, right? It's all right. We said get goose now to get some shade and some light. Oh goodness gracious! Can you can you go through a whole episode without trying to clown somebody? But goose no. it was funny. You got like the the say what was funny. Come on, goose. I was Listen, funny. I'm yeah, what yeah. I'm gonna do in season two. What we're gonna do, I'm gonna find you that footage, and then when you watch it, you're gonna be like, "Oh, we go, we go, we go, put it for all the fans to see." You can put it for all the fans. You go, you guys are gonna watch it and be like, "Damn, Goose was alive." Oh no, man! But the, no, but the, I'm telling you, the thing that made it funny was that when you when you described the fans, <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh! Yo, imagine, 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 B, you played in foreign country. Your, no, de- no, your I, debut at PSV. No, I get it. With your right foot, and you no. chip the goalie. Can a man have a dream? It's still funny. Yo, it's still I funny, get man. it. Still I, no, I get that part. I'm just saying, you actually said, yo, and even the fans were like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> and it, it just missed the crossbar. <laughs> Ten more years from now, it's going to like hit the crossbar, jump off, nah. hit something else. And then you're gonna do I a. Hate uh, I hate y'all. I'm not coming flip. back on season two. This is my last season. This is my last Negotiation. season. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to my agent. Oh uh, man, but listen. Um, I said again. We just want to say, everybody, make sure you go subscribe, comment, like. Um, we can't wait for you guys to see what we have coming up. Um, give us some feedback. Rate. Give us some ratings on um on Apple Podcasts and as well as uh, YouTube. And again, any um, criticism or comments is always, uh, we always love to hear. Yeah, put just go to Gucci's DM. There you go. Oh, my Let's God. Go to oh shoot. <laughs> Gucci, on that note, take okay. it out, brother. Go to my DMs, too. Go to my DMs. If you got something to say, we want to hear it. So, yeah, my DMs are open. I don't know. But, you know what I'm saying? First of all, I'm unfollowing the both of you after this show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap, hey, wrap up the show. Wrap up the show. Let's... All right, people. We appreciate you guys tuning in for the first season. Like Mookie said, we're going to have a great second season coming up. We can't wait to, to share with you all the new stuff and all the new guests that yes. we're going to have. It's going to be great. But please follow us, subscribe, like us, leave comments, because that's the only way we're going to know that you're appreciating what we're doing. All right? There you go. All right. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.